Thank you for joining us as we journey through the 23rd Psalm, a series of reflections revealing God as our shepherd. Today is day 10 on our journey, and we have Shauna Schwaninger guiding us through our reflections together. Our hope and prayer is that you experience Jesus in a new, real, and life-changing way. Day 10, He Restores My Soul, Psalm 23, 3a. Let's review where David has taken us so far. He is free of being consumed by anxious thoughts. He has been led by his Lord to the rest and nourishment of green pastures, and he has drunk deeply of the life-giving still waters. At this point, I can hear him take a deep breath and let out a long sigh. It's a sigh of contentment and peace. It is the sound of a restored soul. What is the soul? Over the centuries, theologians and biblical scholars have discussed and debated about the various parts that make up the human being. When I was in seminary, the prevalent view was trichotomy, meaning three parts, body, soul, and spirit. Hebrews 4.12 points to this understanding. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. At that time, I had a little bit of contrarian in me, so I wrote a paper arguing for dichotomy, two parts, material and immaterial. As evidence, I argued from the creation account in Genesis, where we find these words regarding God's creative act in making a human being. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being, Genesis 2.7. The word translated being is the Hebrew word translated soul. The physical body was formed from the earth and then God created a living soul, two parts, body and soul. The Bible also uses the words heart and mind to describe us, not the physical organs, but metaphors to refer to who we are in our inner spiritual life. Since those seminary years long ago, I have set aside being dogmatic about which view is right. What I do believe is that the soul represents the part of us that bears the image of God. It is who we most truly are, our true identity. It is the soul that relates to God. It is the soul that has been broken and fractured. It is the soul that God heals as He reconciles us to Himself. It is a soul that will live forever. It is who we are. I have found it helpful to think of the soul as the executive center or the chief executive officer of our lives. We live from our souls and the condition of our souls determines the kind and quality of life that we have. When Solomon wrote these words about the heart, I believe he had our executive center in mind. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Proverbs 4.23 Jesus as well refers to the heart in this way. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Luke 6.45 While theologians continue to try to sort it all out, the important thing is for us to embrace the truth that our heart or soul is the center from which we live. Everything we do flows from it. The work of God is to restore our souls. It is the most valuable and precious thing to us and to God. The condition of our soul means everything. 
Note that David writes that God, our shepherd, restores our soul. This begs the question, if restoration of our soul is God's work, then what is our part? The first two verses of Psalm 23 point us to the answer. The work we do to develop a healthy soul is to follow our shepherd to the green pastures and still waters. Time invested with him is where the transformative work is done on our inner life. There is certainly a mystery to this, but it is not unlike how this works with our physical body. We cannot make our muscles grow by simply wanting it. We show up in the gym, do the work, and growth occurs over time. That is how our bodies are designed. We can't improve our cardiovascular strength so that we can run a marathon simply by wanting it to be so. We do not wake up one day and decide to run a marathon that day. We would be unable to do it. We put in the miles and over time, we find that we have grown so that we can run 26.2 miles. In the same way, we don't just decide one day to have a healthy, restored soul. We put in the miles. We show up regularly to the green pastures and still waters. And in time, our soul is transformed by God. We show up. He changes us. Jesus pointed to the mystery of spiritual growth by using the analogy of a farmer. This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it, because the harvest has come, Mark 4, 26 through 29. As with a garden, growth within is mysterious. Our role is to scatter seed in faith, then wait expectantly for God to do His part. In our daily rush to do or to be something, it is easy to neglect the health of our soul. Over time, we can find we are running on an empty tank. Our soul becomes frayed and fragile. When that is the state of our CEO, we can expect trouble to follow. Just as David went to the green pastures and still waters where the shepherd restored his soul, you are invited to do the same. Can you picture him waiting there for you, anxiously looking to see if you will come and be with him? That is where the most important work of your life will be done. Take some time to think about the condition of your soul. How would you describe it? Are there longings for more peace? more joy, more rest. When exhaustion is your common experience, it is helpful to remember that God is not pro-exhaustion. It is a reminder that we are passing by the green pastures and still waters available to us. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you have experienced Jesus in a new, real, and life-changing way. If you would like to watch one of our services, join a group, or explore ways to serve, please visit Kensington Church. The Psalm 23 devotional was written by Craig Mays and read by various members of the Kensington Church staff. We have physical copies at all of our locations, as well as a digital and audio versions at kensingtonchurch.org slash psalm23.